Welcome to Caffeinated Monsters. I'm your host, Faith, and we have Chloe with us today. Hello again. Hello, hello. Oh, so I'm really excited for this one because I've got, oh, I've, I've watched, I've watched the two films. And one of them is so fresh in my mind. And I just can't wait to talk about it. Oh, but first, should we say the titles of which films we're going to talk about today? Yes, I'll explain what's going on as well. So, because I've had quite a few people say that I haven't heard of films that have been talked about on the podcast, I've figured why not do, instead of doing a single movie in the episode, why not do a surprise one called What the Horror? So, uh, me and the guest talk about two different films. We have no idea what we're going to talk about prior to recording. So I'll let you have no idea what Clara's going to talk about, and she doesn't know what I'm going to say either. So let's try and surprise each other, shall we? Yes, let's. Right. So I'll go first, just because I'm I'm itching. I'm itching. You know when you've just watched like a really, really, really engrossing film that like is just so fresh in your mind. It's definitely one of those. Um, I haven't actually seen a horror film that's gripped me like this in quite a while. Um, but the film that I actually watched was The Invisible Man. I've been meaning to watch that one because it does look fantastic. Honestly, I can say 10 out of 10. It was absolutely brilliant. I thought I I went into it because I knew that it was it was on Netflix and there was a few people talking about it. And I was like, okay, well, usually when, you know, scary stuff comes on Netflix, it's always like, don't watch this film alone. It's like, you know, really, really scary. And then when you actually watch it, you're kind of like, oh, well, it's not that scary. This film, oh, oh my God. Oh my God, the suspense. It was incredible. Um, So I don't really want to give too much of it away because, of course, no one likes a spoiler. But the basic premise of the film is a woman has just come out of an abusive relationship, Celia. Uh, Cecilia even and it's uh, you know she like so the first thing is like she's running away from him like he's violent he's abusive she sneaks out of the house and she eventually gets away and of course if you have been in a physically and mentally abusive relationship I because uh, there were certain parts of this film that I was a little bit triggered but at the same time you know, there's definitely that warning, like, you know, viewer discretion is advised because, of course, this film is so, it really, really gets the the nitty gritty parts of an abusive relationship. And it, it so it doesn't try to sugarcoat it like a lot of films do. Yeah, definitely. Like, it really, really gets in there of like, this guy messed up Cecilia. Like, it, like I think, I think pretty certain his name was Adrian. He really, really messed her up. And it's about how he kills himself. And uh, this is in, like, the first sort of, like, 20 minutes of the film. She runs away from him and he kills himself. And, of course, everyone's like, oh, well, you know, he's dead now. Uh, But, of course, like, anyone that is a victim of domestic abuse will know that 
it doesn't quite work that way. He might be dead, but he's still got that hold over her. Um, and he was very, very rich. He comes into, like, you know, she comes into a big sum of money that was left for her. Um, and it's actually his brother that is the financial lawyer of, like, his estate and what what have you. She's, of course, like, Cecilia is still under this impression that, like, you know, he's, he's still there. He's watching me. Uh, he's Even in death, he's still got this hold over me. And she keeps thinking that he's still there, even though, like, you know, the evidence is there. Like, you know, there was a body that was recovered. It was, um, like, you know, all over the press and, like, um, E! News and everything like that. You know, he's dead. He's killed himself. It was a suicide. Until she keeps little things keep being left around the house and doors keep opening and she you know it kind of puts it back into that headspace and it it's about how he's still there even in death and it gets to a point where the house she's staying she's staying at one of her friends houses and he's got a daughter and her daughter gets hit in the face out of nowhere. And that's when it all kind of starts spiraling because it's like, how did that happen? And then it turns out that a lot of Adrian's possessions were actually still in the house. Why were they in the house? So how even indebtedly still there? And the way that it was captured was just phenomenal. Like even with uh, the score of the music, it was I was honestly tensed up on this sofa, just thinking, like, oh, my God, can it get worse? Like, you know, he's he's dead. He's supposed to be dead. How is he still haunting her, like, to this day? Uh, but, yeah, it was... I was honestly so gripped, and it was just such an amazing film to watch. Um, but, of course, I will reiterate, um, as someone that has been in... Uh, a relatively abusive relationship before. Uh, I don't mind talking about it because you know I'm, I, you know I'm, I'm kind of over it now. I've, you know, done the whole therapy thing. Um, but it, it is a very, very triggering film, and it does hit in ways that a lot of people that haven't been in that position before kind of have their eyes opened. Of this is the reality of what happens, even though he's not there anymore and he's left you, and you know you're free you will never really truly be free from that hold. You will never truly get away from it. And that's kind of what this film really, really, um, that's how it really hits you, is that like this is the reality of what happens when you have been in that situation. And it was just uh, the actress in it. She's been in The Handmaid's Tale as well. She yeah, she's been in lots of things, hasn't she? She has. She's such a, like, I mean, I say underrated. She's actually getting a lot more credit than she deserves now that she's done so many different roles. But she's such a brilliant actress. And the way that she uh, portrays this really mentally damaged woman that's just spiralling and spiralling, like, and and the thing is, no one really believes her because, of course... Adrian's dead. He's he can't hurt you. Why are you still thinking that he's there? Why are you, you know, like he he's not here? And the film takes a turn. Of course, I don't want to give too much of it away, but the film takes a turn which 
you never you like i mean i know it's a really cliche to say but you did not see that coming because of course it does explain a lot as to why she would always think that he was there why things are being left around the house as like little reminders why his belongings are still being found in places that he didn't know where she was staying he didn't know where she ran off to he didn't know um like any of like her friends addresses or anything like that um so the way that it really captures how someone can be that you know narcissistic and just so like sociopathic in the way that he actually tortured this woman it was just absolutely brilliant like honestly and the actress did such a good job like honestly that was one film that i saw that i can safely say i have not been that gripped in a while even when the film ended i was just like i am still sat here like tensed up like I can't unclench. Like I, I can't do it. <laughs> like it was sitting just, there, like I can't move. <laughs> in it, like I was just there, like oh my god. Because of course, like a lot of um, the things that were like portrayed and talked about in the film, I unfortunately can relate to it. And you do get into that headspace of you know, well, what if, and even though it's like, you know, he can't really hurt you again, or, you know, you've moved and he doesn't know where you are, he doesn't know any of your friends, like, anything like that, and it's, yeah, but he might, like, you know, you don't know how his mind works, I do, and I think this film, like, the the message is really, really important, um, because it isn't just a horror film for the sake of, you know, being scary, it's like, it really, really touches on the realities of this is why domestic abuse should be taken seriously and i that i really really loved that about the film and it went in that uh, that sort of direction which you know it's one of those that's it doesn't make a political statement per se but it makes a statement of if your friend's telling you it's not you know that what the situation they're in is bad because of xyz probably help to get that person out of that because Otherwise, it might end up like the Invisible Man, and honestly, it was just so brilliant. I could, I could not like commend this film enough. It was so good. Like, I did see some of the um, uh, the making of videos on YouTube, and it's just it's got some of the set design choices. And bit of a spoiler: if you um, uh, the scene where she's in the kitchen being thrown around. It shows you like all the pulley work and everything. It was just brilliant. Yeah, because like when I watched that, the way that it was, I mean, of course, it absolutely sent me. I was just like, oh my God. Like, but when it like, when it was being done, because it wasn't one of those shots that's like, you know, you've got like, let's say like six cameras around and then one of them cuts and then it like shoots on another and then that one cuts and then it opens like onto another. It was all done with one shot and you see everything being done and the way that they kind of did that, I was like, I was obs- like just blown away by it. Like the effects were so good. I think because of course this was a Netflix film. Well, I'm not sure if it was specifically for Netflix, um, but th- this film definitely had budget. They definitely had the budget to be able to pull off those special effects. They were so good. I do really want to watch it. I mean, some. Of, I mean, I had it spoiled for me ages ago, so I know like the ending and stuff. But it's just very. Even though I know what happens in it, I still want to see how it plays out because of the amount of 
you know, I was in a um, a bit of a psychological manipulative relationship when I was quite young, and yeah, it still screwed me up to this day to some extent. Because there's still like a few moments where I think, oh fuck. But it does hammer home the the narrative of if you know that someone's in trouble, just try and do what you can to help them out of that situation. Yeah, of course. And I mean, like, people that have been through that, of course, like, it is um, it is a very triggering film. And a lot of the reviews um, as well and people that have, like, critiqued it have said, you know, there are some very, very heavy things in some because it does capture the true, true reality of what happens. I mean, it's when... Like her sister, you know, when her sister got the uh, got the email from her email address that said, you know, you're suffocating me. Like you should have died instead. She was like, I didn't send that. Like, you know, how how can you say that? And then goes to all of her belongings, and it's still like, you know, it, it's like that was sent from her, but it wasn't her. And uh, that that sort of thing does happen. And it really does highlight things like, you know, the the signs that you need to look for if you are in that vulnerable position is to either reach out and seek help or seek refuge with like, you know, your loved ones that care about you and they can help you get out of that situation before it, you know, before it's too late. And I think the way that, um, especially like the director, because I remember, um, after I watched the film, I uh, looked on the people that made it. A lot, not so much behind the scenes stuff, but like you know, things from like the directors, the producers, the screenwriters, and all of them said, you know, this was a really, really important film for us to make. And it, the reason why they wanted to make it so nitty gritty is because they wanted to kind of make it as real as uh, humanly possible. And they really, really did that. They really did. Like it's such a good film. Yeah, I'm definitely going to sit down and watch that one soon. You definitely should, even though, unfortunately, it's been spoiled for you. And screw that person, whoever did that, because that's not fucking cool. But, like, <laughs> literally, like, I highly, highly recommend it. Um, but, of course, I recommend it with a warning. Um, it's not so much, um, because it's it's definitely one of those ones. It's violent, but it's not gory, uh, which I love, because... As much as Gore does play a big part in a lot of horror films, sometimes it is unnecessary. Um, so it's it it's kind of like the right amount of violence, the right amount of suspense, but it's it's not overdone. It's not what's the word I'm looking for? Like you know, it's not gore porn. It's not violence because of like you know, let let's throw in as many fight scenes as possible. It's the right amount that it actually gets you know the message across. It portrays it well. Um, yeah, it's just overall, like, just such a good film. Uh, so when you get a sex, definitely sit down and watch it. I mean, I mean, I still, I still, to this day, I'm like, what, like, I hate spoil, like, people that spoil films or people that's like, oh my God, you need to watch this because the ending, and it's like, honey, I, I want to watch the film so that, like, I don't know the ending. Like. So how many, as a rating system, how many coffees out of 10 would you give it? I would honestly give it, five coffees definitely five it was so amazing and impeccable and i couldn't even because i mean with me when i watch films 
I tend to not purposefully, but like, you know, poke holes in some of the logic. I'm like, well, why was that there? Why like, you know, if that happened in this scene, why wasn't it brought up again? And, you know, like, you know, kind of like getting plot holes in. Couldn't find any. Could not find any. And for a film to kind of do that and leave like no plot holes, no questions, no nothing, I was like, yes. Definitely five coffees. Five out of five. Five out of five, baby. Five out of five. Oh, very caffeinated. <laughs> Highly. Only the best. <laughs> okay. Um, right, I've got two films as well. One of them I did mention to you last time that I thought about we could do together, but because you said you hadn't seen it, I thought, oh, I better talk about this one in this episode. <laughs> Oh, is that um? Oh, what was it called? Was it is it Black Mountain? Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, so I've seen the I saw the trailer for it, but I never got round to actually seeing it. But I saw the trailer. It does actually look quite good. Yeah, if you like a creepy, suspenseful sort of movies, it's that kind of film. I got about halfway through the film itself, and I actually didn't realise was there's literally no music. What? None at all. No, there's no like background music. There's no like um, jump scare, like sound beats or anything. There's nothing. Oh my god, I don't know how I'd feel about that. That's the thing that made me feel really um, a little bit creeped out by the middle of it. Is like, oh, you're literally hearing what the characters are hearing. See, actually, now you say it like that, that that does sound like it would have a really, really big impact. Uh, but I mean. With no music at all. That's that's definitely a new one. Yeah, literally nothing. That sounds quite cool. So what's so what what's the, the I mean without giving away any spoilers, uh what's what's the plot? What's you know, give give me some coffee. <laughs> so essentially the storyline is a team of archaeologists have um dug up something. But they de- but they reckon that it's older than they originally thought it was, and a new person is joining their team to help out. And um, to go into context, after on Earth, that some weird things start to happen. There's uh, some of the people that are helping with like the dig site go missing, like they literally end up walking in uh, because it's in the Antarctic. No, not the Antarctic. I can't remember where it's located, but. I think like uh, snowy mountains, like desk, like there's like no one around for miles. And the uh, the people that are helping on the dig site, instead of walking back to their campsite, they walk in the opposite direction and they're never seen again. So the people that are uh, like the archaeologists have no idea what's going on. The radio stops working. Uh, they start having audio and uh, visual hallucinations, and it they start. Like they sort of start showing symptoms of something, but you don't know whether it's actually um, like a, a parasite or if it's like the environment going making them go insane, or if it's literally just if it's a case of is it the the isolation that's getting to them? So you kind of have to figure it out while you're watching it. Oh wow! So it's like so it's like a sort of descent into madness kind of film that's like in the wilderness. I love those. So that's definitely on my list of things that I might watch that tonight actually because I've actually got time tonight, which I love. Um, oh, do you know what that kind of reminds me of? Um, have you ever seen um, oh, the Dietlov Pass incident? 
Yes, I have actually. I bought that on DVD a little while ago. So it's very, it sounds very sort of similar to that. You know, they go on excursion, they're trying to unearth stuff. And then, of course, like with the events, they're all, they're all spiraling, except the Dyatlov uh, past incident has, has a score, it has a soundtrack, it has music. And I think with Black Mountain making the choice not to have any music, so you actually experience everything that they are, would really give like a completely different feel of that film. Like that's really that's a really really interesting move that they've done, and now I'm actually really excited to watch it. I highly recommend it. I mean, there was a it was during like a really long, um, really long like one take scene that I realised there was no music, and I was like, oh, that's made the experience more creepy for me. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like when you have that like realization as well. Like, I mean, because I can imagine if you're like sat there and you're because, of course, you're trying to look at everything in the screen, like, you know, if, if something's going to pop out or uh, something maybe comes over the hill. So, and then it's when you're actually realizing that, oh, this is all that's really going on. And then it's like, oh, like you really, really notice stuff like that, don't you? It's like when um, uh, in a lot of horror films, what they do, I think it actually does have a name, but I can't think for the life of me what it is it's when you've got all the suspense music playing and it all builds up and it gets really really loud and then suddenly nothing and then it's a crescendo i think so yeah i'm i'm sure it's a crescendo and then it's in that silent moment that you're like oh god (laughs) when's it coming (laughs) And, and it's like it's not a it's not a question of if it's a question of when like and i love i love that in horror like you know because i love being scared like i i know that sounds like a really really creepy thing to say but the reason why i just love horror films is because i just love getting scared and i have my specific way of watching it it's all got to be dark it's like you know no interruptions phone on silent so that i can really really experience that and i think with Black Mountain, with them making the choice not to have any music, so all you're hearing is everything they are. I think that was really clever that they did that. Now I'm really excited to see it. But yeah, I highly recommend watching it, especially if you like... Um, I mean, there's some scenes where there's a bit of gore involved, and if you like moments of like, sudden, like, unhinged behaviour, then it's definitely for you. Oh, I do like I do like some unhinged behaviour in my horror films, I do have to say, especially when it's like really... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, when it just suddenly happens and you don't see it coming. Unpredictable. That's the word I'm looking for. Like, <laughs> when it's just completely unpredictable and then it just happens. You're like, oh, oh, okay, this is happening. Okay, this just took a turn. Oh, trust me, this film's got plenty of those in it. Um, it helped because there's no music, because you have to like rely on like visual moments. You don't always spot what's wrong with the scene at first until you actually see the character's reactions okay so it's definitely one that you really have to pay attention to oh awesome like that sounds really cool yeah i because it kind of uh it makes because it looks like a a slightly low budget film it really does sort of like it makes me very happy to watch it but i have to give it about a four four coffees out of five for uh like review for it Okay, so what what do you think about it could have been um, improved? Of course, you said that it was a little bit low budget. Um, 
but was it to do with anything like you know the the way that it was shot or anything like that? No, I think it was shot beautifully. Like there was a lot of like long one takes, and like, I think the actors were really good at what they had, like what what they did. But the um, there was a, I think it was like five minutes before the end. I mean, the, the end shot is really good because you think, oh shit. But it's that it's the scene before then that I kind of let it down a little bit. Oh, okay. You mean sort of like a setup? Okay, I'll definitely watch out for that one. Because now I'm really excited to watch it because I, I love Descent into Madness type films. I think they're just so brilliant and they, they really do hit differently, don't they? Oh, definitely. Like, it's just um, because it tends to be more, um, in a way, psychological. Like, it hits you in the mo- emotions a bit more, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I think when you've got a lot of. Because um, the one thing that is a bit of a gripe with me with some psychological films is when there's too much kind of going on at once. And, you know, you, you've got to pay attention to this person and then, oh, this situation. Oh, but remember this happened like three seasons. And when there's too much going on, it does kind of cloud everything a little bit. So then, of course, when the um, everything's being concluded and then it's kind of getting close to that end and you're thinking, well, I've just lost about three storylines and now I'm just now I'm disappointed lie and you're kind of left with i want to say horror blue balls because then you're like i you know i want more like you know it's like we've asked for cookies like but mama give us cake like <laughs> so it's it's it, you know i've i've got that little bit of gripe with psychological films so i'll definitely watch watch out for that one but, like, I think when you've got really, really long shots, I find, and, you know, everything's kind of concentrated on one thing that you're looking for, that I can deal with. Because, of course, you know, with the main center of uh, things that, you know, you'll feel, let's say you're filming like a landscape, and then it's like, you know, oh, maybe we've got away from the monster. And then suddenly you just see the monster coming down the hill, and you're like, oh, Lord. But because it's so far away, and you've just got to keep looking for and you've got that suspense building that i can deal with um and that i love because it's 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 not a question of if it's going to happen it's a question of when and i think psychological films that are done right definitely have that down um but yeah no i'm really excited to watch that now Uh, did you say it was based in the uh based in like antarctica or like the arctic i can't remember i know it's snowy mountains but i can't remember specifically where (laughs) Okay, let's let's have a look. Because uh, when you say like snowy mountains, um, probably let's have a look. See, Black Mountain, da 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 da. Oh, hmm? Nevada. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't. So, I, I mean, when I think of Nevada, I think of a desert. Yeah, so do I actually. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think snowy mountains. So that's that's really interesting. <laughs> But yeah, if anyone uh, listens to us that's from Nevada, can you let us know what kind of weather it is there? <laughs> of course, yes, please do. Because I guess like America's so big, like geographically, you could like I, I reckon because I mean there's some parts of California that like I mean you've got LA, which is you know sunny all year round, it's warm all year round, and then you go up to um like San Francisco and the weather's like completely different over there. So it's Really, it's like if we've got any listeners that are in Nevada, tell us where you are and tell us what your weather's like. We're curious now. 
Oh, of course, yes. Uh, right, so the other film that I've watched, which I... Okay, so I didn't really want to watch it at first because I I hadn't received any spoilers about it, but, you know, it's it's got a very sort of predictable premise. Um, but when I watched it, I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, it's the film Ready or Not. Okay, yeah. Um, I know about that film. I think I've seen it. Yeah, because it's the one about the um, uh, the 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 oh, what was it? The uh, the game where you have to run around the house, and like, it was almost like hide and seek sort of situation. Yeah. So, um, I can't remember the actress's name, but she was the spitting image of Margot Robbie. Like, she looks... I, I mean, I thought that that's who it was. Um it's name, actually. During the trailers, I was like, Margot? <laughs> yeah, like, I thought that it was Margot Robbie, and it turns out it's not. <laughs> like, but I was like, but I was thinking, like, she looks so much like her. Like, I mean, she could even pass as, like, her stunt double. She looks that much like her. Um... But for those of you that haven't seen it or anything, of course, no spoilers. It's about a girl that uh, meets this boy, you know, boy meets girl, they fall in love. Um, She's not really got much of a family and she's, you know, kind of wanting that family relationship with her, you know, fiance's family. And, you know, they do welcome her in. They're really friendly. And, you know, they have have money. Uh, And when I say they have money, it's like you've got, You've got rich, and then you've got rich. Like, the, like you've this... got money coming out your ass, which Yes, like, the, this family is rich. And, you know, she's going into this family, and she's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be sorted for life, yes. And the reason they have all their money is because they made all their money through um, a past relative of theirs that uh, was really big in like, you know, the gaming industry, you know, made board games, card games, that kind of thing. And that's how they got the family fortune. And before, you know, she can really be initiated into this family, they have this fam- uh, this tradition of, you know, you pick a card out of here and then whatever card is drawn will have the name of the game that we're going to play on it. And, you know, this this happens all the time. It's just tradition. And she pulls a card out, and it turns out the card that she's drawn is the game where they basically... She has until sunrise, and she has to hide because this family are literally out to kill her. And it's basically how she gets out of it. And it's got a very sort of... You know, the the whole premise of it, before you kind of watch it you already kind of know what's going to happen because it's just got that typical horror trope to it. You know, like, she's bit of, you know, everyone's getting picked off one by one or she has to evade getting killed in, like, a confined space. Um, she suddenly learns how to load up a rifle, like, you know, and then she's got to get really, like, you know, survival of the fittest type thing. So it had a very predictable kind of plot. But there were some parts of, in it that, like, and it was intentional that they were funny. Like, there was there was one scene actually where um, uh, the door opens. She's hiding, and the door opens, and it's one of the maids. And then she's just walking around, and then suddenly her like she gets shot with something, and her head just explodes. And a member of the family comes in. And it's like, 
oh no, I thought I thought that was her, and it was, and it was just the maze. And it's like, oh, for God's sake, you're so stupid, you can't, like, you know, and they make, like, this big thing of it. I'm just, and I thought, like, is this actually a black comedy, or is that just, like, the one funny moment? But the funny moments do actually kind of keep coming. Um, but overall, I thought, I thought it was good. Like, it was definitely a good film to watch. Like, and, but I wouldn't necessarily be like you know it's one of those films that you know oh like you know it's amazing it's incredible it's groundbreaking because it wasn't um but it was definitely a good watch like you know if you're looking for something to watch on like you know movie night in and you know you like that sort of thing this is definitely up your street um but it was kind of predictable um but when I when I say predictable, I mean in the sense of, you know, I've seen a lot of horror films that have that same sort of premise. Um, and I think it's kind of a disadvantage for, you know, people like you and me, where we know that trope, we know that setup, and we kind of already know what's going to happen. So it's kind of, that kind of trope is kind of lost on us in a way, because it's like, well, we can already tell who's going to die first. We know which room she's going to go in. She's going to trip and fall in that hallway. This is going to happen. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's it's a film that I'd usually class as like a popcorn movie. Like, you could sit there, have your snack, sort of dipping in and out with it, and you'd be like, oh, okay, so that person's died. Kind of guess that. You almost try and make bets to see, like, oh, what's going to happen next. Yeah, definitely. It is like that. I mean... Production wise, it wasn't bad at all. Like it like I mean, it was very it was very well plotted, but it was quite predictable. I mean, if maybe you don't watch horror films so much, or maybe it's not necessarily your thing, this would be something that you'd kind of be like, Oh, I didn't see that coming. But of course, like when you're into horror as much as we are um it, that sort of plot like is very lost uh, like on us because it's like well we already kind of know what's going to happen there's a lot of films that are like it but i do have to say the um the actual storyline and like you know the history of the family and everything like that and the people that are like involved you know the kind of like twist and the legend and the family curse and whatever that was original that was like you know i've never really seen that done before maybe not in that setup but like yeah it, that that was good and the acting was really good as well it's got a couple of familiar faces in it as well um and of course we all love tropes about rich like stupid rich people like though like you know one of them's got a coke problem the other one is just infidelity till they die like you know and it's <laughs> I, like i love how they just rip into rich people and the, the great thing is it's kind of like it's not even an exaggeration this is just re the reality of how a lot of especially old money rich people do have those stereotypes in the family yeah there's always like the the uh uh, the one that everyone knows has a bit of a uh, bit of drug habit. The the one that sort of drinks way too much. It's like a social event or every day. Yeah, and... the grandmother that hates everybody. Um, and then you've got you know the woman that married well and she'll let everyone know what her husband does and that she's actually accomplished nothing. Like there's 
always like that that's one thing that i actually really did like about this film is the way that they portrayed rich people as very very sort of like things that you would take the mick out of rich people for um they hit that quite perfectly in the way that it's like of course she's got a bloody drug problem and that's why she can't pull a shotgun properly. Like, <laughs> you know, like, and it's like, you know, you've got like the other sibling who's just been mollycoddled their entire life and has had to answer for, has had to answer to nobody. They'll get away with anything and they have this really spoiled attitude of, well, I wanted to shoot her. Why can't I, you know, I get everything. Why do you get to do it? And it's like, they're literally arguing over such mundane shit, but also they're arguing over trying to kill somebody and then getting mad about it. Like, you can imagine this conversation actually happening. I can, and it's quite funny. <laughs> Honestly, like, for that reason alone, I felt, I think it is, like, it was definitely worth watching, and it does have a lot of funny moments, but I think I would give it maybe like three coffees definitely because it was it was a good watch and it was quite entertaining but it does have a very predictable pot- plot line and it you know could could have done with a little bit more sort of like originality in that sense but yeah like it was a good watch but i wouldn't watch it again okay then so it's kind of like a date movie sort of thing definitely i think like you know if you're just having like a girl's night in like you know it's definitely one of those films or like you know just like a little cuddle up on the sofa it's one of those it's it's not one of those films where like you know you want to get really engrossed in it you like you know you've got like set up and you know you've taken a day off work you know just to see this film it's it's definitely she is not that girl like she is not that film it sounds like an uh, um, an interesting one but i think it would be it would be up quite a few people's alleys if they want it as like an introduction to horror films definitely i think like it's a good starter film uh for someone uh, because of course it is a very recent film i think it only came out um i think it was about a year ago actually or maybe less than that um so of course like it's it definitely would be geared more towards younger people or people that haven't really seen a lot of horror films it's definitely one of those kind of films um and i guess a lot of young listeners out there would probably think oh well that does sound right up my street because it probably is um but i think yeah if if you are definitely like really really into uh like you know your scares your horrors like anything like that I think it's maybe watch once, and yeah, it's, it's it's she's she's kind of that girl that you'd watch on a date night or like a girls' night in or like you know if you're maybe like sixteen getting into horror. That's a definitely it's definitely a good starter film. And for the final film, we've got um, one that I watched a little while ago that I still really enjoy watching, and it stars uh, Barbara Crampton who's actually quite a, pretty much like a veteran in the horror movie genres. Barbara and Crampton, where do I know that name? Uh, have you watched Reanimator? Yes. Yep, it's the, uh, she's the girlfriend. Ah, yes. I know exactly who you're talking about now. Um, oh, what other things has she been in? She's been in quite a few, actually. Was she in, mm-hmm. she was in From Beyond, wasn't she? Yes, and I think it was uh, Beyond the Gates as well. Yes, yes, no, I know exactly who you're on about. Yeah, she's been in a lot of horror films. I guess, I guess you could kind of say that she's a screen queen. 
Oh, most definitely. Um, but the film I want to talk about, not you then, is called We Are Still Here. Oh, never. I've not heard of that one, actually. Apparently not that many people have, but it was a bit of a sleeper hit. But I do recommend watching it because it does have a good atmosphere. But because the the main cast in the film aren't like annoying late teens, early twenties people. These are like people in the like um like mid to late forties. Oh, okay. So there's no there's no sort of like, you know, teenage tropes, like, you know, angst or anything like that. So, you know, they're all they're all full grown adults. Yeah, exactly. I mean uh, there's uh like people in the mid twenties at one point, but they're only in it for like ten minutes. Okay. So what's what's the plot? What goes on? Okay, so a couple have recently lost their son in a car accident and want to move somewhere that is a bit more quiet, where they can kind of almost grieve in peace and kind of try and move on with their lives. But they find out that the house that they've moved into may be haunted and that weird things start happening and you... um, the town know a few things about why it's why the house is having so many, doing weird things. Do you love that? Like it's it's that sort of um, that classic storyline of we're going to go to a new place, we're going to start afresh, and um, oh, this house, your, your dream house. Oh yeah, by the way, um, shit's happened, and um, we're going to tell you about it now, but you're going to move it anyway. And everything that happens from here on out is no longer our responsibility. I love that. I love. I love that. I love that storyline as much of as much of a sort of like trope as it is. I love that horror trope because it never ends well, and that's what I love. That's the thing, though the the people that move into the house have no idea what happened, so they kind of like they're going in blind, essentially. So they're in the dark about it. So no one actually tells, like, you know, not, like, the real estate, anything like that. Like, they just don't, they don't say anything. No, I think they, uh, I think they are some townspeople what, uh, about the history of the house. But let's just say it was, um, you know, the Cornetto trilogy, the uh, the classic line of the greater good. It's that yeah. kind of situ- it's that situation. Ah, oh, okay, right, you've piqued my interest here. It's just, it's one of those films where it's, um, the characters are likeable, you can understand, uh, you can believe that the parents are grieving because of that, the grown son has essentially died and they're just, they don't know what to do with themselves now and, you know, you've got the, you kind of see it from both sides, like, um, there's one particular bit involving the town, that a particular person in the town and it really caught me off guard because I didn't see it coming. Oh, uh, see, I do, I do like those films as well because it's, um, especially when it's done right. Um, of course, grieving parents. I mean, I, I can't, I can't really imagine it myself because, of course, I, I don't really want my own children. But I can fully understand that losing a child, especially like because no parent should outlive their child. That it's. The, when it's done right, the way that they portray grieving parents is very well done. Um, I think as well, like, you know, because there's been quite uh, quite a few films that I've seen um, 
there was one that I saw ages ago and it was about um it was based in Ireland I think um and this couple had lost their child uh and the way that they dealt with uh, like you know the grief is the grief of losing a child you could really see how their relationship was just completely falling apart and they were just doing anything to kind of salvage it and I think that's kind of why I do you like that trope of you know they're trying to set they're trying to start anew and they're just not trying to forget about it but they're just kind of trying to move on with it and then suddenly they've got something even more horrific to deal with and how they actually get through all of that together and I think that's that's why I really like those films so I think definitely going to give that one a watch yeah, I mean, it's it's got some interesting deaths involved. It's not gory straight away, but it's like the last 15 minutes, it's a bit like, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> oh, you mean like, you know, it just hits you like a ton of bricks and then it's like, oh, okay, this is happening. Mm. Oh, what else is it? Uh, there's like a possession scene as well. Uh, let's just say someone, when you when you get to the scene with the bald up sock in the mouth, be prepared, you might feel a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> so now, I, now my interest is just peaked because now I'm just... <laughs> Do you know what though? I, I'm trying not to think of the Muppets. <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to think of right now. It's just like you know the the ball with the, the with the sock in the mouth, and I'm like the only thing I can think of is the Muppets now. <laughs> but I, I think <laughs> now I'm just going to go into watching this film, just thinking there were no Muppets. Like, why was I expecting Muppets? <laughs> I've disappointed myself. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely like that does sound really cool. Like, um, so in terms of um like you know, setup, I mean, would you say that it was um like you know, predictable? Would you say that it was, you know, all the twists and turns are actually, you know, executed well? Say most of the twists were executed well. I like the fact that the um the family didn't know what the uh, about the house and the fact that really one of them thinks that they're going insane the other one's just kind of like trying to deal with their grief and you know they got fa- um fence of the family coming over and uh one of them's into like um it's quite spiritual spiritualistic and wants to try and help and yeah I mean, shit hits the fan towards the end and you realise what is actually going on in the town and the deal with the house itself. And it's a bit like, oh, dear God. Okay. (laughs) I do really like, though, that they kind of, that they, instead of, you know, they're moving into the house and then being told, like, you know, oh, this really awful thing happened here. Do you still want to live here? And they're like, oh, it'll be fine because that won't happen to us. Uh, like you know the the fact that they've actually kind of left the like you know that they just don't know anything and then on top of losing a child they've now got all of this horror to deal with and then thinking like why is this happening like you know what what is the cause of it and then of course like you know the townspeople knowing more than they do i think like i do i do actually kind of like that yeah, it's an it's an interesting take on it, and I like the fact that it's literally like fully matured grown ups that are like the centre of attention in the film. Yeah, I mean, in terms of like uh, the way that they, um, 
how do I put this? Like, uh, of course, when you have grieving parents, a lot of the focus is on the child, um, you know, the, the child that they have lost, and not so much on the relationship between the parents, per se. I mean, would you say that it's uh, very, very sort of like similarly done? Or is it more of a, uh, there's less focus on the child and more on uh, the parents? It's definitely more towards the parents. Okay, that's really interesting. But they sort of mention the uh, the son every so often, and like you see, like pictures of him around the house. But he, he's not like the main focus of the storyline. See, I do actually quite like that because I I feel that a lot of um a lot of films, uh, like a lot of horror films that focus on you know the, the the child's death and they're trying to move on a lot of the times that the parents do have other children and they focus entirely on the one that's died and when the plot kind of thickens as the story goes on it still kind of always goes back to oh yes but the dead child and then oh but the dead child and it's it's kind of it does not boring but it does kind of get a little bit like yeah we know like you know, we guess it. We know that Joshua is dead in the ground. Please focus on your other two children that are still alive and running for their lives. <laughs> of course, yeah. Like it, it does. It, like it doesn't anger me, but it does kind of it irks you a little bit. Yeah, it kind of irks me a bit because then it's like we know the child is dead. Like we know, we're aware. We don't need to be told in the movie every ten minutes. We are aware. Like, you know, and I think sometimes it can be overkill. So I do actually kind of like that this film's gone the other direction of this is a situation. Okay, we're not going to go back to that because you will already remember this. Yeah, I mean, they'll mention it once every once in a while. I think it's only like three or four times that they talk about in the film. So that's good. It's more of of a, a, a brief situation. Yeah, like a situation that is actually relevant to what's going on. Exactly. Yeah, it's like what one film that actually came to mind when you uh, when you were saying about how you know they move into the house and they've you know because they're they're made completely unaware. Um, well, I mean they just maybe weren't told about the events that have happened in this house or anything of um, the Amityville horror when, of course, That's the <laughs> yeah, like you know the the death of this family and you know we shot them all dead and this happened and it was a year before this family moved into the house. And I don't like. Were they told? I can't remember if they were told, but I don't. I don't remember there being a big deal about it either. Yeah, I can't remember if they were told. I don't know whether like they kind of figured it out after a while, or if it was a case of that. The, the, I think the uh, the person showing them around the house actually sort of said that this happened here. Are you okay with it? But I can't remember if that was in the remake with Ron Reynolds, or if that was in the original. Yeah, I can't remember it being made a big deal of. I mean, I do have to say, like, if I ever went into, like, you know, if I was house hunting, I mean, it's never going to happen because I'm nearly 30 and it's 2022 with a Tory government, so I'm probably never going to buy a house. But No, not unless there's, like, a giant crash and buy a house for, like, £3.50. <laughs> exactly, exactly that. Like, but if I was ever house hunting and I stumbled upon this really lovely house and I really wanted to buy it, and the real estate said, oh, yeah, by the way, 
Guy kind of massacred his entire family in this house. I'd be like, hmm, don't really want to live here anymore. <laughs> like, exactly. Not... It's kind of like you. Every time you walk into how, into a different room, you think, did it happen in this one or was it the or the, or the next bedroom? <laughs> Yeah, like, you would just always be thinking about it, wouldn't you? And I think that's that's kind of like... I mean, I do I do like that trope of, like, you know, you go into a house and it's the dream home and, oh, this horrific thing happened. Oh, but it's fine. And then suddenly everything goes wrong. You shouldn't have ever moved in there. And then they leave the house and leave all their belongings in there. And, you know, they never go back. And I think with... This particular film, the way they've done it, where you know that they're, they're in the dark, they don't know what's they don't know what's going to happen. There's no preconceived sort of notion of you know impending doom. Like I think that was that was definitely a good choice that they did. Um, I think though, what it wasn't actually film. I think it was actually yeah, it was the first um, season of American Horror Story, Murder House, where they're showing them around. It's like I oh. That bad things have happened here and it wasn't just one person and not one family it's literally happened since this house has even been here we don't even know why this house is still standing like <laughs> like and it's why would of... you move in knowing all that exactly like it's like i don't i mean from like a realist like a realist perspective why would you no why that that wouldn't even be something that i'd be like let me sleep on it and get back to you no i would not like i'd just be like thank you but no thank you i don't i don't want to sleep in a house of tragedy thank you very much like yeah i'd rather not wake up in the middle of the night with a, with a weird sound thinking dear god has a murderer come back <laughs> Of course, like it does make you wonder. I mean, um, oh, what was what was that film that um, it was? It wasn't the Night House. It were oh, it's gonna really annoy me now. I watched this film. Uh, it was about two months ago, actually, and this woman. So I can't remember the name of the film. I had to get back to you on it, but. Essentially, this this woman is convinced that someone's following her, and her husband doesn't believe her, and her kid doesn't believe her either, right? But this house had a history of, uh, like, you know, there was a murder in it, and Guy killed his family and whatever, and she's convinced that she's still being followed, right? But when they were viewing the house, the real estate told them, this is what happened, he murdered his whole family, are you still okay? It was like, oh, well... He's, a, you know, he's he was on death row. He's gone now. You know, we can look past it now because he's no longer, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't exist anymore type thing. And, you know, the door, the door starts ringing and, you know, there's knocks on the window. Things in the house are going missing and things like that. Uh, you know, typically the husband doesn't believe her. The family thinks she's crazy and everything. And then it turns out that there was genuinely someone following her. And you would think, knowing that information that you do that this awful thing happened in this house, and then your wife is telling you, I feel like something's following me, this light keeps turning itself on, the door keeps being unlocked, you would question it. You'd be like, okay, this does seem a little bit weird, because there was also this murder that happened in this house. Like, you'd at least want to put a camera up. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, you would at least kind of be like, you know, I'm going to look into this, not just kind of be like, you're crazy. Like, 
Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, now I'm trying to think of what that bloody film has got. It's going to do my nut in. I can tell. Um, is it on my watch list? Let me have a look at my watch list because I know it's going to abs. It's going to do my head in. Yeah, I know that if you if you don't look it up now, I'm just gonna get a message from you at like three in the morning saying I found the film. Of course, I, honestly, I am so bad for that. Like, <laughs> I honestly am. Like, because I I will just be like, it's fine. I'll like, you know, it will come to me at three in the morning and then I'll message you. But then it genuinely does come to me at three in the morning and I will message you. Like, <laughs> what would it be on? Top hits trending, blah, 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 blah. Where is it? I can't even remember if it was on Netflix or anything. Might have been on Prime. I'm not sure. There's too many. There's too many films. There's too many. Um, okay, I'm, I'm expecting a text from you at three in the morning. <laughs> yeah, you'll definitely get a message from me at three in the morning about that film because that is another one that I do recommend. Um, it's it, it was good, but it is the things that I hate about films where, like, of course, like, house, bad thing happen, people move in, knowing bad thing happen, and then get surprised when bad thing happen. Essentially, the plot on sinister, isn't it? <laughs> See, Sinister was like, and still is to this day, one of the only films that terrified me. Like to the core, I was just so shocked because, like, murder is one thing. Murder is children. Oh no, that's a whole different kettle of fish. <laughs> oh yeah, the the lawnmower scene is the one that always makes me like cack myself whenever it comes on. Oh no, no, we're not doing that. No. We're not doing that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yes, I, I give a, we are still here 4.5 coffees out of five. <laughs> Just to let people know. Definitely. Like, I, I'm going to watch that, actually. What's it called? We are still here. And where can you watch We Are Still Here? I think it's on, I want to say Netflix. Let's have a look. See? That's not how you spell here. Pretty sure. Let's have a look. Say it's got Barbara. There we go. Ah, so it's on Amazon. Okay. Yep. And The Invisible Man is on Netflix. And Ready or Not is on Disney Plus. Interesting streaming service. Given that Disney's kind of like a kids thing, to have Ready <laughs> or Not on that. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I think it's because um, uh, so Disney bought out Star, and ah, okay. yeah, so everything that's on the Star Network is now on Disney Plus. Jennifer's Body is also on Disney Plus as well, which I love. Oh yes, I do love that film. Oh, uh, I I I love villainous, carnivorous women. There's just something about them. Oh, I feel the same way. It's like um, have you ever seen Trick or Treat with uh, Anna Paquin in it? Trick or Treat, is that the one, the anthology one where they all connect That's up? That's the one, yeah. That is one of my favourite Halloween films, and yes, I totally get it. I don't know, I don't know what it is about her character, just... <laughs> it's just, it's just kind of, like, I have a thing for people that just want to kill me. Like... <laughs> God. I, d I don't know why, it's, it's, it's the thrill. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just it the thrill. It keeps you on your toes. <laughs> Exactly. Keeps everything exciting. <laughs> Guilt. <laughs> oh, Lord. But yeah, like I, I definitely, Invisible Man, five coffees. Ready or not, three coffees, but not terrible. Okay, and uh, we are still here. 
4.5 and Black Mountain is... Did I give it, give it a three up? No, I gave it a four. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah, it was definitely four. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I'm definitely going to watch Black Mountain tonight because that definitely sounds right up my street. <laughs> I'm just going to get a message from you. It's like the title of that film you're talking about and also what the hell did you suggest to me? <laughs> Yes, you can count on that one. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely find it because otherwise it is just going to do my head in. Like because otherwise we'll be sat here for hours, just like don't mind me. I'm just I'm just still scrolling, trying to find this, trying to find this film. I'm really curious about, it, so I'm looking forward to getting that message. <laughs> don't worry, ex- expect it by three. <laughs> God, <laughs> I need to get up at six. I'll see it then. <laughs> <laughs> just make sure your phone's on silent oh don't worry it is i, I can't stand the sound of my phone <laughs> <laughs> can't we all so yeah this is your uh bi-weekly comedy horror podcast caffeinated monsters uh i had actually quite had a lot of fun with this one <laughs> i did too it was really like it was really cool to actually like you know have a surprise like you know and of course with the film like you know with the films that i watched i was i was so eager to talk about them you know because you know when it's just fresh in your mind and you just want to get it all out there i was like oh i'm so excited yeah i'm definitely gonna have to do some more what the horror episodes with you again yes please invite me back anytime oh definitely and make sure to use your calendar please <laughs> yes i will don't worry my <laughs> calendar is now my best friend good <laughs> 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 well, yeah, um, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and now Twitter as well. And we're also on the Slasher app. You can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, Breaker, Pocket Casts. Pretty much just type us into Google or any search engine and it will pop up. Uh, we also have a link tree on our socials as well. So if you ever want to buy us a coffee or treat yourself some merch, it's always appreciated. Or you can go for the uh, Eco Roast, which is our coffee affiliate, because I wanted to go with something a bit more eco-friendly. And it's actually really, really nice. It's reasonably priced as well. And we all love affordable coffee in this climate. Oh, definitely. The way things are going, definitely need just a coffee that just doesn't make me cry. <laughs> Perks you up, doesn't make you cry, makes you feel brilliant. And doesn't mind the bank out scream at me. Sign me up, baby, sign me up. Oh, yeah, I'll definitely have to do this again with you. Yes, please, honestly. Like, I, I love doing these, they're so fun. <laughs> it's always lovely to have you on here. No worries, darling, always a pleasure. <laughs> All righty, so signing off and hope, and yeah, see you next time. Yes, see you next time. Bye. Bye. How can you do this to me? This is hurting my soul. This, this is me, girl.